the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And oh, how sweet it is, Lundy, to win a bet on a 35-foot jumper with two dudes in your face at the buzzer. Bang! Gene Baptiste of Chattanooga with the buzzer beater and the cash money winner. Uh, it's March Madness for a reason, folks. And uh, that was peak mayhem uh, last night in the SoCon final. Man, that was a ton of fun. Oh, it was a, <laughs> a that was fun. a that was a blast. Especially you saw um, uh, what ESPN and SportsCenter found, right? The two screenshots, one at the end of regulation and one at overtime. Yep. Um, at the end of regulation, he's standing in the same spot, waving at his teammate, trying to get him to pass him the ball. Didn't wind up happening. You go uh, into overtime. Uh, and then he winds up hitting a shot from exactly where he was standing when he was trying to get his teammate to pass him the ball at the end of regulation. It was spectacular. Yeah, and again, he had two dudes in his face. I mean, that yes. was like a tested three, and it was pure. Didn't even graze the rim. Straight through the cylinder, pandemonium ensues, and the mocks slither their way into the NCAA tournament. Uh, right now is a projected number 12 seed. Uh, for now, we shall see. And that Chattanooga team could be dangerous based on the defense that they play and, of course, the size that they have uh, with Silvio D'Souza, the Kansas transfer. But we got other conference tournament action getting underway, and some of the big boys are entering the uh, view as we have the ACC tip it off uh, today. So, Lundy, in that exercise right now, it's largely viewed by the books as the Duke Invitational, uh, Duke Heavy Chalk, minus 130 right now at DraftKings. I kind of like Carolina. At plus yeah. 650. Why not? Yes, I, I, absolutely. I, I think if it's not Duke, I think it's going to be one of the two. I think we're going blue bloods here. I think it's either going to be Duke or North Carolina. And so the fact that you can get North Carolina right now at a pretty damn nice payday, um, I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll roll with that. I do think that Duke's probably going to do it. I think it's hilarious that you had this big uh, uh, fanfare for Krzyzewski, and then post-game, he's just bitching about how bad his team played. Everybody uh, quiet! I, everybody I, shut up! Everybody everybody, shut up. I need to I need to, I need need to. to make a point here. Uh, yeah, it's just classic Coach K right there. Um, but, you know, maybe he did actually go into the locker room and completely rearrange those dudes yeah. uh, and explain to them how shitty they performed uh, on what was supposed to be his glorious night. Um, and so I, I'd imagine he probably uh, lit a fire underneath them and they're going to just roll through the tournament. But if it's not them, it's should be well, the it should heels. be North Carolina. I mean, look, North Carolina is an extraordinarily talented team. They have the length. Armando Baycott is an absolute load in the post. And if they're hitting their threes and defending, I think that's the biggest key, is if they're committed to guarding the opposition, uh, they can hang with just about anybody in the country. I mean, they're going to be a dangerous 8-9 team uh, when it comes to NCAA tournament time. And I, I think they're, you know, the one team that can really push Duke because they match up very, very well with them. Uh, though they didn't show it in that first matchup in Chapel Hill. So uh, from the ACC, let's go to the A-10. Wide open in the A-10, Lundy. Uh, Dayton at 3-1, to one, Davidson plus 330, VCU plus 450, St. Bonaventure plus 450, St. Louis plus 650, Richmond plus 750, and then it goes on from there. Uh, out of that six-pack, who do you like? Uh, most definitely not St. Bonaventure. I do not <laughs> I don't trust get that either. this damn team. <laughs> I do not trust them whatsoever. They have hosed me so many times in the last 60 days uh, that I will not uh, go anywhere near the Bonnies, which probably guarantees them that they're going to win the tournament. Um, give me give me some fun with VCU. Um, yeah. I, just, I think this is a squad that at – 
uh, at four and a half to one. So plus 450 right now on DraftKings. I think there's some value there. I think they could get hot and go on a roll over the course of, you know, 72 hours. So in terms of just where I think there's some value, and obviously they're all value because it's wide open, but that's the one uh, that if you ask me to place, uh, you know, a hundo of your money, uh, I would totally do that. Uh, well, yeah, it's my money, so naturally exactly. you got nothing to lose. I mean, if it's your if it's your money, I'm putting it on, you know, G-Dub at, at 300 to 1. I mean, come on, <laughs> let's have some fun. Uh, I actually like Dayton quite a bit. I'll, I'll take, I guess, the quote-unquote chalk at 3 to 1 odds. Uh, Dayton, according to Bart Torvik, since February 1st, the 21st overall ranked team in college basketball. They defend their tails off. They're shooting 41.5% in A-10 play from distance. So I think the Flyers uh, can find themselves uh, maybe punching their ticket for the postseason with a deep run or potentially just getting the automatic berth there in the A-10. And then bonus time, bonus time, uh, the American Athletic Conference. This was puzzling to me. Houston, heavy chalk at minus 150. Uh, Do we not recall uh, the game that happened over the weekend in which Memphis waxed that ass? I mean, Memphis is 3-1. to to win the automatic there, and you go to SMU at 7-1, to and then it's really long odds for everybody else. But I think the way that Memphis is playing, given their baseline talents, Penny is routed a corner with these guys, and they're defending their tails off. So I think the Tigers at plus 300 is worth a ticket. Oh, yeah. I would I would totally roll with that, especially knowing what they uh, have the uh, recency in their head of knowing what they did to Houston. Oh, yeah. If that winds up being a matchup in the championship game, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, they're peaking right now, and looking uh, like a – a potential number 10 seed, and a, again, a dangerous one at that in the NCAA tournament. With that, let's get to it here on this Taco Tuesday with another spicy edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, Lenny, it's time to drop the puck and make some bucks in the National Hockey League. Uh, who are you going to swing your stick at, my friend? Hopefully, uh, score some cash money. What do you like tonight? First of all, don't talk about me swinging my stick at people, okay? Uh, just it might be goes, illegal. I don't know. This, <laughs> it is, might be illegal. this is like my this is like my segments on your radio show. I mean, stuff just goes sideways real quick. Be careful <laughs> how you phrase things. Uh, as our as uh, our buddy Greg Wyshynski at ESPN would say, hashtag hockey porn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go to the Steel City, Brad. Uh, Pittsburgh will be hosting the Florida Panthers. Uh, Pittsburgh on the money line, actually a minus 105. Um, and, and that's where I'm going to go with this one. Uh, Florida is playing their fourth game in six days. Uh, and if you look historically at how they do when they have that kind of a compacted schedule, they're not very good. Uh, straight up when they face that kind of scenario. They basically just start, you just start to get tired. Um, And if you look at the last nine times, nine times that these two teams have played, uh, the home team is seven and two. So this is one where home ice matters between these two teams in the East. Um, And so because Pittsburgh will be at home, uh, they are are rested right now. Uh, They've had a couple of days off. Florida, as I said, coming in on a really heavy part of their schedule. I think this is one that's just a scheduling loss for Florida, even though they are a very good team in the East conference this is just one of those that you kind of got to chalk up to the fact that the nhl scheduling gods didn't do you any favors i'll take pittsburgh at home money line minus 105 make some pennies with the pens number four all right let's go to the nba working a player prop and again the nba just continues to drain my bank account so whatever i say here probably do the opposite of and chances are uh strong that you will cash a winning ticket but i'm going to fade LaMelo Ball, give me the under on the 32.5 PRA, that's points plus rebounds plus assists, 
in Brooklyn against Kyrie and the Nets. Yes, Kyrie, of course, is playing. Uh, KD is back and playing. Uh, they need to get Ben Simmons on the court, but, you know, this team is starting to get healthy, uh, Lundy, and uh, one that could certainly be dangerous come postseason, assuming they uh, can turn things around and punch their ticket. But you look at LaMelo Ball. He's been under 32.5 on the PRA in four of his last five games, and he got to go way back to October. It was the last time these two teams faced. It was 18-5-5. and five. Now, I'm no uh, mathematician, but I know that 5 plus 5 equals 10. You add that to 18, you get to 28, and that is shy of this proposed 32.5 line. Brooklyn at home this season, giving up 1.080 points per possession, and on the year, number 12, an effective field goal percentage D. So knowing the facts, uh, knowing uh, the recency bias here, again, uh, I don't think it's going to be boom times for ball. I am under 32 and a half on the PRA in Brooklyn, minus 115 at DraftKings. Fade or follow? Uh, yeah, not trending in the right direction for him. And, and it's wild that these two teams have not played since, uh, you know, uh, essentially. Eons ago. Yeah, it's like the Obama administration. These right. teams have not played each other. Um, no, I like this one. I think he stays uh, up underneath. And it's not that he's not you know, having good games. It's just I, I'm with you. I think this number's too high. So I'm going to roll with the under. I think he finishes in the upper 20s. All right. Ball. Fade him. Hard. Number three. All right, let's move on to college basketball. We got some more tickets that are going to be punched tonight. And of course, the ACC tournament, too, getting underway uh, with the Dregs of the Keg. Uh, all of these teams, super foamy. All of them absolutely disgusting. Uh, but hey, there's opportunities to make some money. And I think this one will cash. Give me Clemson on the over. Now, it's a day game. I believe it tips off at like uh, approximate time, 3.30 Central Time. Uh, so you want to get in on this sucker early. They're taking on NC State. I'm over on the team total for the Tigers at 74.5 points. Uh, now, in their prior matchup in the regular season back on January 8th, Clemson only scored 70 in that game, but they really dialed it up offensively here. Their last four contests, adding 1.089 points per possession. Uh, Nick Horner, uh, El Amir, uh, Dawes, those guys can really – Fire it up from outside. That's Nick Honor, not Orner. I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, as Dawes is shooting 40% from distance. NC State is putrid defensively, and that's putting it mildly. Dead last in conference play and points per possession allowed at 1.114. Uh, Lundy, they're giving up 55.2% inside the arc and 39.1% along the perimeter. So uh, scoring the basket uh, should be hardly a chore for the Tigers, and I expected them to bear their claws and swipe at the opposition successfully. So fade or follow, Clemson over 74.5. Team total points against the not-so-wolfpack of NC State, minus 115. Actually, this just in, minus 105 now, Lundy. Oh, things roll in the other direction on you. I actually don't really like this total that much. I think it's going to be. Weak. I think it's, it's going to be really damn. I'd rather take Clemson minus four and a half on the spread. That's what yeah. I'd rather do with this uh -huh. one. Uh, but you decided to go team total because you're some kind of freak. Just because you keep it, just because you're hitting these recently, doesn't mean you need to get tunnel vision for this category on the betting app. Okay, sometimes you got to look around, my man. Look around, see what else is out there. Um, I don't really like this total at all. I, you're gonna would, really? you, would you alt line on the total because you can do that at FanDuel. Oh, on the team total? Yes, then yes, you can. I would. Absolutely. I would do it. I would buy myself probably two points, Brad. I would probably bring it down to seventy-two and a half. 
I just think I, I just think they're going to be really damn close to this number. And I've been doing enough bet sweating lately that I don't need this kind of BS in my life on a Taco Tuesday. All right. I need to be able to relax. I need to enjoy some basketball. I don't need to be sweating things out. So, yes, I probably would buy myself a couple of points uh, because I think they're going to be really damn close to this number. Seventy four and a half scares me. I do like, you know, early bonus. I do like Clemson minus four and a half um, just because of how bad NC State is. But feet to the fire that's what we do here i will take the over with clemson on the 74 and a half but i'd much rather buy it down well right now uh one of the alt lines you get so they they usually have like five different oh uh, yes actually six different presets on the alternate total points so preset number three is 71 and a half and minus 188 so what you can do with that is slap together with maybe your favorite money line tonight and the low minus 200s or another uh, alternate team oh. total. Oh, get that I would, reduced and get I it. would pair it with what you're about to talk oh, about. Oh, oh, well, you're going to have to stick around for that selection and a ton more because stay tuned for our top picks of the day in college basketball plus bonus time in the NHL, the NBA, and, of course, more college hoops. Number two. All right, let's get after it. The fight. Jack Rabbits uh, were pugilistic yesterday, and they were uh, laying some of those devastating blows against the competition. Uh, they hit the team total over barely, Lundy. I, I think they hung like it was 47, 50. They had a ton of points in the first half. I fell asleep uh, it, like, obscenely early last night, and I woke up thinking, oh, yes, you know, South Dakota State probably scored 90 in that game. No, they scored 83. So they barely got over on the 82 and a half that I featured on the podcast yesterday. So, hey, they, Brad, they scored, what is, what is Brad, to, to give people an idea, if you weren't watching, because because I was keeping track of what was going on, because this was one of the bets that you and I uh, that you had on the pod. I featured it on my on my television show last night. Brad, they scored 55 in the first half. Wow. And then they just, <laughs> and then they they just managed fell asleep. In total. And then they, yeah, and then they and both teams just fell asleep in the second half. Wow. Apparently, uh, they were just tired, a little tryptophan. I don't know. Maybe they were having turkey sandwiches at mm, halftime. I don't know. Delicious. Uh, but it was. Uh, oh yeah, yum. Uh, but yeah, it, fifty-five in the first half, twenty-eight in the second. Well, the team total tonight is actually uh, down to seventy-nine and a half uh, at tape time at DraftKings, and it's minus one ten on the over, and that's where I'm going to go with this. Uh, South Dakota State is still one of the most prolific offensive teams in the country. They're number 59 in adjusted tempo, so they fly up and down the court. They've been over this number in eight of their last nine games. They're playing North Dakota State, uh, forever represents the Summit League in the NCAA tournament. Uh, And in their two regular season matchups against the Bison, uh, they scored 90 and 80. So they got over this 79 and a half proposed threshold. Over their last nine games, the Fighting Jackrabbits, number one, in all of college basketball, an effective field goal percentage offense. Number three, in all of college basketball, and two-point percentage offense, netting 59.9%. And number one, in all of college basketball, and three-point percentage offense at 46.8%. Uh, NDSU, number 241 in adjusted defensive efficiency since February 1st. So... Uh, this game is going to be up and down. I'm not worried about the tired legs. These are young men. They can bounce back, and they are going to score at will. So, fade or follow, and I kind of already know where you're leaning here. You might go with an alternate team total <laughs> on the over 79.5 against North Dakota State at minus 110 at DraftKings. 
Uh, I love this one. Look, I, I like this at 79 and a half. But what we were just talking about before the break in the pod of bringing the Clemson team total down, if I were going to go ahead and parlay it together, I would probably go ahead and bring it down because we got, let's see, we had Clemson at 71 and a half. And what was that? Minus 180 something? Minus 188. Yep, correct. Okay. So one of the alternate totals that you can do on FanDuel is 75 and a half. So you're buying yourself four points. That's also at a minus 182. So they're both sitting right in the same range. You could pair those two together on a two-legger if you want to. But I will say this. I don't even think you need the alt line with the Jackrabbits here. Um, I, I, think this is a, I think this is a given at 79 and a half. They have one game that they were at 79. Otherwise, for them to be below 79 points, Brad, you have to go all the way back to January with this Jackrabbits team. That is how much they score consistently. So uh, I think they're going to get over this total. I don't even think you need to alt line it. Um, I think, you know, this team was the one that should represent the Summit League uh, in the tournament. Remember, they're the first team to ever go undefeated in Summit League regular season play. It's never happened before. And they did it this year. So it would be a real downer for San Diego or South Dakota State to not actually make the tournament after the regular season they had. Yeah, it's plus 137, by the way, on that two-legger with Clemson on the over 71.5 alternate team total and South Dakota State uh, over 75.5 on that alternate team total. So if you want to reduce it, get seduced by the juice, it's a nice little payday. Number one. All right, let's go to my top play here in the world of college basketball. I'm going to go to the WCC final. Uh, Gonzaga got by with ease but didn't get the cover last night against San Francisco. Took their foot off the pedal with like about seven minutes to go. Uh, and allow the Dons to backdoor their way into that cover. But uh, I know revenge is on the mind here. Revenge game! Uh, but I like St. Mary's, plus 13 and a half. I-, I think the market is giving the Zags way too much respect and just completely disrespecting the Gales here. Uh, if you look since February 1st, Gonzaga is number one, according to Bartorovic, in overall efficiency. St. Mary's is number 10. Number 10 in the country during that same span, yet they're catching 13.5 on a neutral floor against their arch rival. Uh, Taz and Kuzi and Logan Johnson, they were brilliant uh, in their semifinal matchup. And in the last game as well, in which St. Mary's won in Moraga, 67-57, and really made Gonzaga look mortal. Uh, the Zags in that game, 0.80 points per possession scored and only 37.8% from two. That's unheard of for that team. So, Knowing, um, you know, the style of play will really dictate where this will land. St. Mary's is going to keep this one as a grind, as we know. Number 337, adjusted tempo. Uh, Gonzaga wants to run. Number three in the country, and adjusted tempo. The truth's going to be somewhere in the middle, and as a result, uh, I think the St. Mary's Gales, because they're very efficient offensively, because they're so stout defensively, number four in college basketball and adjusted defensive efficiency over the last 30 days, I think 13 and a half, just too many points. I think the Zags win this thing, and it's going to be a similar margin which they won against San Francisco, right around anywhere between 10 to 12 points. So fade or follow, Randy Bennett's Gales plus 13 and a half against the Zags, minus 110 at Ben MGM. All I have to know is that the Zags have only covered once in their last six games. Once. Yeah. That's it. They're, yeah. they're not doing well against the spread. I think this I think this is the Zags game to win, but I think I'm with you. I think 13 and a half is too many points. Um, so I'm going to go with the Gales to keep this one close. I do think the Zags take the tournament. Um, I don't think St. Mary's is going to beat them, but I would expect this to be more like an eight to ten point game by the time it's all said and done. And again, knowing that the Zags just 
have not been covering. They're just not. Yeah. They're not doing well against the spread in their last half dozen games. So because of that, I will stay away from uh, I will stay away from them in the cover on this one. Give me St. Mary's. All right, Lenny, it's bonus time here on this Taco Tuesday. Uh, why don't you top some cheese, please, and make some more moolah in the process? Uh, let's do it. I got two more hockey picks for you. Let's start with uh, Tampa. They will be at Winnipeg uh, tonight. We will take Tampa just straight on the money line with this one. They're in the middle of a six-game road trip, but they have won eight of their last ten games. They are definitely on a roll, whereas on the flip side of that, uh, Winnipeg has only won two of their last eight. So you've got two teams trending in the opposite direction. Even though the Lightning are on the road, uh, I will go ahead and take the Lightning in this one uh, on the money line. And then uh, the lowly Arizona Coyotes. You know we like to pick on them. Well, here's what's crazy. They're actually in Detroit, and it's been pretty easy to pick on the Red Wings as well. I, I never really expected as we went through the season for Detroit to be an even remotely heavy favorite uh, against anybody. But then Arizona decided to come to town. And so Detroit <laughs> is... Uh, Detroit is a favorite. It's juiced up, by the way, at a minus 165 uh, on the money line. So you may want to pair it together with something or you may want to uh, try to take them in regulation, uh, perhaps. But my 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 preference with that one would be grab it on the money line and then pair it up with something else. Pair it with Tampa that I was just talking about a second ago. If you want to give yourself a two legger. But uh, those are a couple more hockey picks for tonight. It is an absolutely delectable schedule in hockey uh, this evening there are 11 games wow. on the docket so take your pick of your favorite uh you know and as my grandfather used to say drop your pants and slide on the ice oh wow uh i like your grandfather uh very salacious uh good call there uh like, <laughs> i don't know what that means exactly but <laughs> sure why not uh let's go back to the nba and i got a two-legger here on a on a parlay, give me uh, Evan Mobley, two or more blocks uh, against the Pacers, and give me KD, Kevin Durant, uh, to register one steal. Just one steal. That's all I need tonight against the Hornets. Uh, both those accomplishments happen, plus 146. Uh, Mobley has done this in five consecutive games. He's got six total blocks in three contests against Indianapolis uh, or Indiana this season. Meanwhile, Durant uh, has a steal in eight of his last nine games. He had a steal in that first matchup, again, as I mentioned before, way back in October. And if you look over the last three games, um, the steals per game allowed by the Hornets, extraordinary. So uh, I think that will end up cashing again on that two-legger. Mobley, two-plus blocks. Durant, one or more steals, plus 146. Elsewhere in college basketball, uh, if you're listening to this podcast early, I do like Boston College. I'm going to lay the two against Pittsburgh. Uh, BC playing much better ball here of late. And then tonight in the NEC final, give me Bryant. Uh, I got it at minus three. It's up to minus four. I'd still play it to minus four against Wagner. Uh, remember, that conference tournament is played on home floor, so it's in the Bulldogs' house there. And they have won nine of their last ten. This is one of the fastest teams in the country is Bryant. Number two in the country in adjusted tempo. And they have the nation's leading scorer in Peter Kiss, who warms up in Kiss rock gear, no lie. And he's got, like, flames on his sneakers. The guy's amazing. Uh, they really get after the offensive glass through the Bulldogs. Uh, number 22 in the country, last 10 games in offensive rebounding percentage. Don't play a whole lot of defense, but neither does Wagner. Uh, number 205 in adjusted defensive efficiency, and they're only shooting 27.2% on the road this season from distance. So uh, they split right down the middle of the regular season, but I think Bryant tonight – 
gets the win at home and the cover. Minus three is what I, again, what I have it at. Minus four is what I would play it up to. And one last one, bonus time, double bonus time. Uh, I would take Gonzaga under on 78 and a half team total points. This is way too much. Way too much. Probably going to finish in the mid-70s, much like they did in the kennel in their first uh, takedown of St. Mary's, 74-58 to earlier this season. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast, which you kindly. And until next time, as always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.